Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Welcome to our One Son, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers, a wellness and self-care podcast designated to uplifting the voices of women of color. Author, self-love activist, educator, mother, and poet, Courtney Brookins will help you bloom into your best self and encourage you to make self-care part of your daily practice. Join the tribe as we embark on a journey of healing, mothering, womanhood, and collectivism through the ancestral practice of storytelling. Whether you're looking for an infinity space, sisterhood, or mommy tribe, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, mother, and self-care enthusiast, Courtney Brookins. Whether you're a girl boss, everyday woman, tired mama, or just in need of some you time, our mindfulness success sessions are engineered to get you to deepen your practice of self-care. We individually customize your session to empower your individual needs. Empowerment is only a click away at one son three flowers.com that's o-n-e-s-u-n the number three f-l-o-w-e-r-s dot com hello and welcome to another episode of the one son three flowers podcast stories of our mothers i'm really excited because i have the opportunity to bring rachel odom onto our show But before I do, let me go ahead and give you a little bit of a brief background about who she is if you don't know, which by the way, you should know. Rachel is a texture expert, hairstylist, and living in the High Park area of Chicago. She also continues her work as a social media influencer, and she is a divorcee. Although it is not final, the paperwork is on its way. And she's looking forward to connecting with more women as she continues her journey and as outside opens back up. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Rachel onto the show. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here to share. Me too. Thank you so much for coming. I'm excited to talk. Um, I know you and I already know that we're going to get into transition. And I know that's a topic that really, in some way or another, we're all in transition. But you have a number of transitional things happening in your life. And I know that your transparency and your voice is going to really help other women in theirs. Yeah, I um I think that, you know, whenever you go through a transition or just whenever you go through anything in life, it's it's never just for you. It's always meant for you to share it so that people can learn from it and that we can all grow together and be better individuals. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. I know that we started off talking about uh, well, your your bio concluded with saying that you're in the process of transitioning from a marriage um, and now into being a divorcee. So um, I, from talking to you, I know that that also has a lot to do with the other transitions in your life. So why don't we start there? Okay, so I, um, am, I have been separated for almost two years. I... Um, was married for close to 20. Um, I like, I always say was because for me, when you file that paperwork that the relationship is over. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it would have been almost 20 years that I would have been married and uh, married my high school sweetheart. And uh, unfortunately, you know, this is America, 60% of marriages unfortunately end up in divorce. And so, Mine fell into those statistics. Um, Definitely not something that I wanted. Definitely something that I spent a lot of time agonizing over and and, um, really wanted to take my time and make the best decision and and do everything that they tell you, the experts tell you to do, exhaust all the possibilities. And 
unfortunately after every after I tried everything we tried everything um you know ultimately decided to end the marriage and find myself in tradition I mean not in tradition find myself now in transition and um really in a great space so um you know like most people initially the divorce is sad of course when you've been with somebody for close to 25 years it's extremely sad it's devastating but you know there is good that can come out of it and this is where i now find myself in a transition and doing very well nice yeah thank you for your transparency and i also like um that the, you immediately said this is not something i wanted this is not how i envision my life however i am getting through it and there is sunshine on the other side yes there definitely mm-hmm. is um there definitely is sunshine um there's a lot of um uh, you know of course sadness and depression and you know your family breaking apart it's hard on the kids um all of that but you know once you begin to really uh once you get to the point where you recognize that you really made the best decision although hard you made the best decision uh you know you can really get through it and you'll ultimately be in a much better place yeah yeah that's great what are some things Rachel, that you've been doing to support your transition and help you to get into a more peaceful space? So I, uh, I do have, I do have very much of a religious background, although I now consider myself more spiritual than religious, but I will say because of my religious background, being a pastor's kid and growing up in the church, my spiritual values and my spiritual practices are still very strong, whether that's prayer. A lot of it includes meditation for me and connecting with myself and connecting with God and um, therapy. Definitely there will recommend therapy because it's, it helps you to really um, understand yourself and understand mm-hmm why you do things that you do um also just get some of that emotional support you know it's nothing like being able to go and talk to someone absolutely judgment free and you know cry your eyes out (laughs) or Mm -hmm. you know just really mourn or grieve in my case for um a relationship a marriage that didn't end up going the way that i wanted it to go so you know, therapy, spiritual practice. Also, I think connecting with people that have been through it, because I think initially when you file for a divorce and you're kind of in this, what I like to call divorce fog or depression, you really just feel like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. How am I ever going to get through this? I can't even get through each day without crying and breaking down. Um, But when you start talking to other people, you start to recognize that it really is a process, a grieving process, and you're not the only one that feels the way that you feel and that there is hope. So I think talking to other people about it and uh, eventually not feeling a sense of shame because of it, because unfortunately with with divorce, there is like a stigma that's attached to it. Um, So, you know, trying not to feel any shame about it. And then I think ultimately just uh, coming to a place of acceptance, like Mm. accepting who you are as a single woman, accepting who you are as a single mom, accepting that, yes, this did happen, but, you know, I'm going to get through this and I can be loved again. I love myself. It doesn't mean that I'm going to forever be in this place of, you know, not having a partner because you never know. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, all of those things, therapy, spiritual practices, having a great community of people that you can talk and you can share with very honestly. And then finally just accepting yourself for where you are, for who you are as as this new person, because you definitely come out of divorce as a new person without a doubt. Yeah, I love that. Those are some great and very um, wonderful tools. And I love when my features bring up 
therapy because honestly, I would mention that in every podcast if I could, um, because it's really transformational. Um, and it, it's a great time for you to be able to hold space for yourself, like you said, and to be able to really look at like, man, where did some of my thought process come processes come from and some of the, my ideologies and all of these different things, where did they come from and really be able to sit with yourself. So maybe you can make some different choices and that doesn't mean necessarily a relationship, right? But just maybe some different choices in your day to day to bring you joy. And it sounds like that's some of a lot of what you did. Yeah. It helps you to really kind of put the focus back on yourself and what do you mm-hmm. want? And because I feel like when you go through a divorce or when you go through any type of trauma, because a divorce is a trauma, um, you need you need extra self-care. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we all need self-care, but like you need extra, extra, extra self-care. So, you know, learning meditation or deep breathing or journaling or mm-hmm. just, you know, just giving even just giving yourself permission to cry like how however many times a day it takes for you to be able to cleanse your emotions and really like I said get out of that divorce fog because for some people you know that divorce fog it can last a really long time and it really affects the way that you see all areas of your life it's it's really hard to just um not be in that fog all the time and that can be difficult especially when you think about the other hats that we wear as women whether it's you know your mother or you're on your job or with your friends you know you kind of want to be able to compartmentalize things but unfortunately with divorce it's just one of those things where it's, it's just so devastating that it's really it can be really hard to do so yeah if you're able to get that extra support with therapy I think that's super super helpful Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said that through this traumatic experience, a new person has been birthed and that's for the good. Um, So I'm wondering if you could share, you say your spirituality has changed um, and some other things. I'm wondering if you could share some of the ways you have, you've become a new person or you're emerging into becoming a new person. So emerging into a new person is, uh, you know, sometimes I laugh and I refer to myself in this current season of my life as Rachel 2.0. Okay, Rachel (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. And I do that because I got married so young. I got married at 21. And I moved out of my, my parents' house into, you know, the home with my then husband. And so I essentially missed my early 20s which are the years where you're kind of going into you heart, to who you are as an adult woman. You know, I never lived on my own. I didn't go away to college. I didn't have, um, I just feel like I always felt like I missed that chapter in my life because once I got married, uh, I really focused on being a wife and eventually becoming a mother. And so I always felt like I had kind of skipped that chapter in my life. So now that I am, divorce finalizing this divorce uh it has given me a lot of time to really think about who I am who I want to be where I want to be and just what do I want to do with my life Uh, you know when you're married a lot of your thinking is always inclusive of you know what your partner wants even when Mm -hmm. it comes to like you know where you live for example when mm-hmm. you're single, you could just go in there and be like, okay, I want this furniture. I want this color. This is all, this entire space is mine. But when you marry, you know, simple things like you guys now have to decide together. Well, what kind of furniture do we want? What kind of colors do we want? And um, that can be a great and exciting thing, you know, for, for married couples. But uh, again, it's nothing like being able to think as an individual, how do I want my home environment to look? And so it has given me a lot of time to just emerge into the person that I am becoming. And I say I'm becoming because I, I feel like I'm still evolving. Um, you know, I, during the majority of my 
my uh, my marriage, I will say one of the biggest changes for me is that I was primarily a stay at home mom, mm-hmm. and so I was a stay at home mom, but I also had a business that I operated, and I had very little experience with you know, getting up every day and going to work. I worked from home, but the majority of my energy and my effort was dedicated to my kids and making sure that my partner's needs were met. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was hard. I didn't always do the best job. It It was hard. But when I filed for the divorce, I was like, okay, I gotta get out here and hustle like I had to hustle before. Right, I gotta get this bag for myself. You know what I'm saying? I need health health insurance. I need I got bills I gotta pay. Um, So just even doing that, you know, coming out of being a a working stay-at-home mom, work stay-at-home mom for, I think I have been doing that for what, close to 14 years? Um, mm-hmm. that was a big, big transition for me. And I mean, great. I'm very grateful that I'm working in my field and I'm doing what I love, but even just getting my professional life back on track, that helped me to emerge into I, to who I am right now. And, um, so that's one area. Um, I know you also asked about spirituality, so I'll speak mm-hmm. a little bit on that. Um, as, as I mentioned, I will, I am a pastor's kid. And so like most pastors kid, I think one of the biggest things is that you aren't really given the choice to decide on what your spiritual beliefs are. You're kind of like mm-hmm. told from a very young age. That this is what right, we're right. Right. Yeah. And as for me in this house. Right. 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 You're very <laughs> much so told that this is what it is. This is what you need to believe. And this is what mm-hmm. it should be. And in some cases, if you don't believe this, this is why you're going to hell. And Mm -hmm. we don't do, we don't believe in this. We don't do this. There was even a period in my life where I was growing up and I couldn't wear pants. Mm. So I grew up, that just gives you a sense of what type of home I grew up in. It was a very strict, uh, conservative home. Mm -hmm. And I didn't always feel like I, I fit because I've always been kind of an artistic, creative child. But I had these parents that were very religious, you know, loving, very good parents. I had a great childhood, but they were constantly instilling these values um, into me. And there was a lot of points in my life where I really wanted to question those values, Mm -hmm. but I didn't always feel comfortable doing so because, again, you have this religious fear of going to hell and there were just so many things. No, we don't do this. No, we don't do that. And so many judgments um, that I'm in a place in my life where I am questioned and I don't agree with. And it's why I consider myself more spiritual than religious. I, I, will, I think those Christian values will always be a part of who I am. But I'm just grateful to be at a, a point in my life where I'm allowing myself, I'm giving myself the opportunity to really question some of those values and I'm making the best decision for myself. So yeah, that's just a little bit of who I've emerged into. I mean, it's so much more, but that's, those are just two areas that came to mind right away. Yeah. And, and so I'm wondering from listening to that, you, you talk a lot about how, you know, being a PK child, your spirituality was really structured by um, being a part of this like family dynamic, but also with this marriage for the last 20 years, do you feel that that also helped you to maintain the religious sector and now freeing yourself from that is also giving you permission to explore more of a spiritual side? Uh, it definitely did because, you know, I think my religious values probably made me stay in the marriage a little bit longer than I should have. And I'm, I'm cautious to say should, because I, I really believe that everything happens. Timing, everything happens for a reason. Right. Uh, but obviously, you know, when you look back, you, you can point specifically back to, you know, I really hadn't been happy for X amount of years and the relationship was probably over at this point. But I stayed for, you know, a variety of reasons. And looking back, 
I feel like I didn't always, I wasn't always able to separate my religious value and things that I had always been taught about marriage versus what was really in my heart and what was really in my soul regarding choices I needed to make for myself. So I, Mm -hmm. I think I stayed longer than I probably should have because I just had so many, I was evaluating everything through what I have been taught as a Christian. And again, I'm not, um, I want to make sure that anybody hearing this doesn't, you know, think that I'm, I'm, I have anything negative to say about Christians. Cause I, I still have a lot of Christian beliefs, but I think that it, it can be really hard when you have been raised as not only a Christian, because we know some people are listening, they're going to be Christians, but when you are a Christian and you growing up in the pastor's family, there's a lot yeah. of, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of pressure that comes from living like that. You feel like you're living in a fishbowl, there are always certain expectations that people have of you and you learn to put a lot of pressure on yourself and, um, you know, you, you feel like, well, that's not okay. If I think that, or if I do that, or mm-hmm. if I, if I say that, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I grew up in a home where I never, ever, ever heard my parents swear. And, right. you know, <laughs> I'm sure that if I were to swear around them, even now as a 41-year-old woman, that would be like the greatest sin ever. So I would never do it. But mm-hmm. in my real life, out of respect for them, I would never do it. In my real life, especially going through some of the stuff that I've been going through, oh yeah, it's a lot of swear words that's okay, about a part of my vo- <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> I speak them fluently. <laughs> you know, and, and, but this is my reality and I don't judge myself because of it could I use other Mm -hmm. words of course obviously but you know that is how I'm processing my emotions and I'm getting out some of my anger and I don't judge myself because of it so it's just it's just been very freeing to be allow myself to be who I am again I always will have those Christian values to lean back on and to and to um you know, think about and to help guide me along the way. But it's just been good to kind of get to know myself outside of all of these um, religious expectations because there are so, so many religious expectations and it just, it's just very tiring to me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that giving yourself permission to do things doesn't just stop at you freeing these emotions with the different words you choose, but it also is how you're choosing to show up um, in your day-to-day life and through your social influencing. So can you talk a little bit about how you've also transitioned your brand um, and your physical, physically how you show up in other spaces? Um, probably one of the biggest changes that people have noticed my, so my largest following is on Instagram and you guys can follow me there at Rachel O beauty, um, is that I am now showing up as a sexy single woman. Now don't get it wrong. It doesn't mean, it, it doesn't mean that you're going to go to my Instagram and you know, you're going to see Tatiana. No, I'm not on there. I'm not on there and thirsty or twerking on the gram. None of that. You know, you're not going to see. So if you're a man listening like, oh, she's single. Let me see her page. Let me see how she looks. What's, what's up for Rachel? You ain't finna get no little free glances. No, you're not going to get any of that. You know, I do definitely still have my own boundaries. And um, there are just certain things you're never going to see online when it comes to me. Um, but I'm definitely showing up uh, different from how I have been online. So for me, social media has been a part of my brand for about 14 years. I'm, I, I am what I would consider an earlier, an early adapter. I started a YouTube channel, gosh, probably about 13 years ago. And oh, wow. yeah, so I have millions of views on my channel. I have, a, I did have a really, well, I still have a nice subscriber base. 
And um, really, that's how I became somewhat notable on the internet is people will watch my hair tutorials and it led to me doing, um, you know, brand deals and brand ambassadorships. And it led to me opening my own um, beauty expo business, which is where I connected with a lot of people in the Chicago community and really started to make a name for myself as Rachel O Beauty. And so, um, you know, of course with social media, we know that it's always changing. I did YouTube for a while. And once Instagram came, I slowly but surely started to transition to using Instagram a little bit more, more just because I was making more money over there and I found it a little bit more easier to use. And more importantly, I just really started to build an audience on there. My Instagram has now grown way further than my YouTube has. And I have been on there, you know, much longer. Um, So I would say probably one of the biggest changes that people are seeing is that my, my, my brand has more of a lifestyle feel to it. It's not just focused on hair tutorials and, um, you know, beauty tips. Um, I've definitely included some fashion in there Mm -hmm. and, I've used it a little bit to talk about my divorce. I haven't talked about it a whole lot um, because, you know, it obviously is a private personal thing that I'm going through, but I have used it to talk about that just a little bit. And that's been great because it's, it's allowed me to connect with women who are going through the same thing and, you know, will send me DMs and ask me, you know, how, how did you make this decision? I'm, I'm trying to decide myself. And, um, that's always really cool when I get those questions because um, you know I have to really really think when I get those kind of DMs because um, I, I you know I want to give the best advice and I never want to tell nobody girl just leave him you'll be so much happier I never <laughs> <laughs> I never want to say that and then I think too the thing about social media is that sometimes people forget that it's a it, for any influencer that you're watching, you're seeing like such a small part of their life. You, mm-hmm. such a small, you know what I'm saying? You, so you might see me laughing or posing or looking really cute in that fashion over dress, but you know you don't know what my real day looked like outside of that. You don't know that I, I may mm-hmm. struggle with anxiety throughout the day. You don't know that I'm just barely keeping myself together. I'm having a really hard time during this pandemic managing the e-learning situation um Mm -hmm. you know i'm having even discussions about content that i'm putting up now like with with certain individuals in my family about well why would you post that picture and you shouldn't put that up and you you know you don't look classy and you don't have to put yourself out there like that you know it's a lot of different Mm -hmm. things that i'm having to deal with on a daily basis and so when you see that picture up there even when it comes to the the divorce it may look like you know oh I'm just happy 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 about it all the time and for the most part I am in a good place but yeah there are still some days where I'm just like wow you know this is really tough the realities that come with the divorce with you know your kids and and moving on and just everything that comes with the divorce so um Mm -hmm. my content has changed let me get back to your question it has changed in regards to how I'm showing up as a, you know, single woman. And, and, you know, I, I want to be very clear. It's not that I'm like wanting people to look at my pictures and say, Ooh, you know, she must be looking for a man. No, you know, I've, I've never had any problems getting male attention. Um, I'm say that louder for the people in the back. <laughs> for somebody who is trolling through Rachel's page and you need a little clarification on what you're seeing. Did you hear what she said? Okay. <laughs> not, not to toot my own horn, but you know, I've never had an issue getting male a, a male's attention. So, you know, it's not like when I post photos, that is ultimately the goal. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm actually somewhat annoyed with Sometimes with some of the DMs that I get and some of the comments that I get, you know, I I definitely have had to block people. I definitely have had to, you know, give someone a short, brief piece of my mind in my DM, depending upon Mm -hmm. what what the person is saying. Uh, But it's ultimately just letting people know, hey, I'm good. 
I'm good. I am, you know, I'm sexy. I'm sensual. I am happy. I am Mm -hmm. connecting with myself. I am Mm -hmm. like, I'm glowing up. Y'all are watching this glowing up because I'm coming out of a very dark period in my life. And it feels like finally the sun is shining and life is getting better. I'm in a really good place. So you're That's, celebrating yourself. Yeah, I'm celebrating myself. But more importantly, because I know that my audience is 90% women, I really want women to see that you will get through this. It it, mm-hmm. it, it is hard. It is a hard decision to, you know, finalize and sever ties of, you know, the, the father of your children and as I mentioned, a 25-year relationship, that is a hard decision to make. But if they can look at my pictures and they can see, oh, she looked really happy. She is glowing. She is living her life. That's what I want people to see and to take away from it. And, you know, if I can inspire anyone, I'm always hoping that I can inspire others by sharing my story. Again, I'm never going to share, like, all the gory details. But, you know, if 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 I'm able to share even just a little bit of encouragement and just a little bit of insight, then I will happily use my platform to do that. Beautiful. And I know there's one more segment of women who, who you can really speak to because you're talking about the attention you receive from your posts. Uh, I happen to know that some of that also comes with you being a more curvaceous woman. And so, but you're not, um, unapologetically showing up in in these different spaces and saying, like you said, I'm sexy, I'm sensual, and I don't have to walk around with the sheet just for everyone's comfortability. So can you speak a little bit to how you've learned to flirt with the line of loving your body and, and showing up how you organically? Well, I think it's important for all women to get comfortable with who you are um whether that's being comfortable looking in your looking in the mirror naked and really liking what you see um you know that could be one way to get comfortable with your body um I think for me I had to shed a lot of the beliefs that were passed down to me Um, quite honestly that came from within my family Mm -hmm. Um, you know my my mother is a first lady Mm -hmm. and so for her to be classy and to be appropriate it looks a certain way to her and so she she very much so passed that down to me Um, you know my hips are curvy well you should wear something all the time like all the time you should have your hips covered up Um, you know that (laughs) you should you should cover those up um even in regards to you know maybe how much skin that I show online which again you're gonna go to my Instagram and you're gonna see what what skin is she talking about but you know oh no you shouldn't show that much skin that's that's too much you need to be covered up Um, these are the values and this is how she lives her life. And this is what she feels is appropriate for who she is as a first lady and um, as a married woman and as someone who um, feels the need to move through the world in a very religious and conservative manner. So a lot of that would, a lot of that has been passed down to me and To be honest, I know that my mom had good intentions, but what it did is it also gave me a sense of shame Mm -hmm. about the way that my body was shaped. And um, it made me kind of think twice about the clothing that I would wear and and what would other people think and what would they say? And is what I'm wearing too provocative? Is it appropriate for me to wear this as a Christian woman Mm -hmm. do I need to you know should I be in skirts all the time I mean granted that that question has long 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 passed me but I will tell you that because I I grew up in a certain time frame wearing um uh having to wear skirts all the time when I became an adult woman I 
literally hated skirts. I did not like to wear skirts at all. And I know that that's a direct connection to me having to go through a period in my life where I was made to wear them all the time. And I just hated that. Right. Um, so that's, that is one example, but I really think that beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. I think that black women in particular, we have a body type that's very, um, it's very much so a representation of who we are as African people. Mm-hmm. And in America, we all know that there's this very mainstream idea of what beauty is. And then to go even deeper within the African-American community, there's even some ideas of, you know, what is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why I do my work as a hairstylist. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, just beauty comes in all, all shapes and sizes, whether you a size 24 or you a size 2. Being confident in who you are, you know, dressing for dressing the best for your body frame, which obviously I found that for me as a curvy woman, you know, there's certain things that look really, really good on my body. And there's certain really th- there's certain things that don't look really good on my body. Mm-hmm. Um, with my curves, I like to play them up. I like to show them off because if you wear clothing that really accentuates your curves, it makes you look good. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be all sexy all the time because I'm definitely not somebody that is just, you know, dressed sexy all the time. But definitely just focusing on what, what looks good on my body shape. I'm a pear shape. So I, I like to wear things that look good on a, on a pear shape. And I like to, you know, show off what clothing looks good on me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't, I hope I'm, am I answering your question? Absolutely. No, you, okay. what you're saying is beautiful. And I'm glad that you said that where you really talked about, like I have found what makes me look beautiful. Cause at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. What that makes me feel empowered and gorgeous and sexy or meeting that goal of what I'm trying to show up as because it's really an individualized journey. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It's a very individualized um, journey. And I think that, you know, again, if you're someone like me that has grown up very religious and you're still involved in um, religion, there's a lot of expect certain expectations that come with that mm-hmm. and you know if if you are embracing those expectations and it's working well for you honey run with it and and do your thing um but for me that's also part of the reasons why I've kind of distanced myself a little bit because I just shame it has no place in my life mm-hmm. and I don't want to raise my raising three daughters I don't want to raise them I don't want to pass down any of the shame to them either now that doesn't mean that I'm not going to teach them that certain things are appropriate and certain things are inappropriate you know what I'm saying like right I don't I'm not I don't feel real good when I see women just bearing it all on Instagram Mm -hmm. when I say bearing it all I mean like literally they just putting it all out there Mm -hmm. but at the same time I don't judge them because if that's what makes them feel good and they feel, you know, good in their body and confident enough to do that, then, hey, that's you. That's your journey. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm not going to put myself out there. And I don't I want I don't want my daughters to do. I don't want my daughters to do that either. But like you said, it's everyone's journey. And it's all about accepting people for where they are, for who they are and trying your best not to not to judge them. Just send them love while they're on their journey. And I think that's the best thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that because speaking of journeys, I know that the journey that you're talking about for yourself is not one that you just hold and keep for yourself, but you also help women to transition. And I know that one of the ways that you help women in transitioning is through their hair. Um, You are listed as a texture expert and a hairstylist. So can you talk to us about how you help women through this transitional phase? Uh, So my background in beauty is it's, it's, um, I'm really fortunate and blessed that it's very extensive. Um, I started in the beauty industry at the age of 
17. Oh, wow. And yeah, I started at 17. I worked as a makeup artist. And originally, that's what I thought that I would be doing for the rest of my life because I had such a love and passion for makeup and still do makeup and still love the art of makeup. Um, So I did that for a little while. And then the person that was mentoring me, shout out to Delisa Lee, um, the person that was mentoring me said that she thought I should do some modeling. And so she um, basically recommended me for my my first like ad campaign. Oh, nice. Yeah, she recommended me. And at the time, I can remember just being like, what, girl, you think I should model, whatever. So she recommended me. I ended up getting that job as a model and eventually I signed with Ford models and I worked with Ford models as a print model for a long time. Awesome. Yeah, I did that. And thank you. And then I went to school and decided that I wanted to get my license. So I got an esthetician's license and enjoyed a career with that. Enjoyed it so much that I decided I would go and get my teacher license aesthetics teacher license and so I finished that and spent some time in the classroom teaching aesthetics facials waxing skincare makeup all of that absolutely loved it shout out to my family at Dudley Beauty College Um, yeah (laughs) black owned we always got to support black owned so I went there I went there I did that and then as I mentioned, during this entire time, I have built a really large following for these natural hair expos, what we used to call them meetups back in the day. And so I was doing these meetups and giving out advice for women that were trying to go natural, were essentially trying to transition from what we call the creamy crack to <laughs> wearing the hair natural. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing that for years. I had great success, really Got some great notoriety, had some write-ups in Essence, um, Ebony Jet, had done some really great, phenomenal things, was really blessed and fortunate to do all of that. And once that kind of started to slow down a little bit, I was like, you know, I'm giving all of these women, all these years I've been giving them advice about their hair. You know, maybe I should just go ahead and study cosmetology officially, get this license. And then I could work in a salon. And so that's what I did. I went back to Dudley's, got my third license and my cosmetology license. And I was like, you know, I think I really want to study the scientific theory behind here. And I, you know, I know I have been using YouTube as a way to educate people. But, you know, as you and I know, you can learn a lot from YouTube, but you can also learn a lot of the wrong things from YouTube. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like, let me go ahead and get my license. Let me spend some time in the classroom and get the theory behind it and really, you know, teach women about their hair. And so it it worked out really great because a lot of women that have been following me and coming to my events, they started coming to me and I became their hairstylist and I helped a lot of them with managing and I do I currently do help a lot, a lot of them with managing their, their, um, their natural hair. As you know, when you wear your hair textured, it can be a game changer and just a whole different world mm-hmm. from wearing your hair straight all the time. Yeah. Because yeah, just, just from the standpoint of being able to comb it and keep it manageable. Mm-hmm. You know, when you wear your hair straight, it's pretty much you don't you don't gotta worry that much about it. You put your comb through it and style it flat iron and you out the door. When right. you wear your hair curly, you know, just sitting down and being able to pull a comb through it the 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 proper way and then style it, you know, that's that's much more that can be much more time consuming. Right. And um and then it also for a lot of women, what I've seen is that it has a lot to do with how we feel about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of women, even though where your hair natural has become more acceptable, there are still a lot of women that feel, that don't feel comfortable wearing their hair natural. Um, it could be because they work in a certain environment. Like I have some clients that work in corporate environments and they don't feel like their hair is appropriate for their work environment. Mm-hmm. Um 
it could be just that some of us are still dealing with things that we learned as a child where our our caretakers told us that our hair was nappy and that it was ugly mm-hmm. and you know that it we wouldn't look pretty if we were our hair natural so I have a lot of women that grown adult women that in some ways still struggle with that thinking and then I have some naturalistas that are like me who have been natural for 20 something years and they just rocking their natural hair and they look cute and they want to switch it up and do different things color it flat iron it weave it up whatever I definitely fall more so in that category because you know I like to do a lot of fun stuff with my hair so I'm I'm grateful to be able to help all of these women and talk to them about the journey that I went on with my hair 20 years ago and just all the different hairstyles that I've had and when I had dreadlocks what that was like Mm. When I wore weaves, what that was like, and just how it it all can be just such a beautiful journey. That's nice. And I love that you, so you're saying you yourself have had all those looks too, right? I have. I've had dreads twice in my life. Um, Actually, when I first went natural, when I first cut out the perm, that was the first hairstyle that I had. I wore dreads for a long time. Mm. Um, yes. Then I cut the dreads off because I felt like, well, I grew these locks so quickly. I didn't really get to enjoy my Afro. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, I'm going to cut these locks off and I'm just going to wear my Afro. So then I wore my Afro for a long time. Then I said, no, I miss my locks. I'm going to go back to my locks. So <laughs> <laughs> I have done so much. I have done so much with my hair. And even now I I still will experiment with wearing wigs I wear wigs from time to time I wear I play around with extensions from time to time Uh, I do wear my hair primarily in its natural state although it is color treated Mm -hmm. um but yeah I definitely like to have fun with my hair and switch up my look quite a lot I do that a lot I love that I love that absolutely love that I'm a fellow natural so I love the fact that this is literally your line of work um yeah so that's a beautiful thing especially with what you have going on in your your personal and you know we've talked about this before together your personal and your professional life seem like they're very intertwined because you're helping women transition and you're transitioning and I just think that that's really nice how they mirror each other you know what very much so and god the universe is so good that actually a lot of my clients don't don't know it they help me too mm-hmm. um they they really do because like i said being in transition i i never really knew what it was like to be a single adult woman mm. so i have some clients that have been divorced mm-hmm. and are single or have been remarried or you know like me they're dating now so it's like I'm able to ask them questions and learn from their experiences. So it, it's been a really blessing because I'm able to share with them. They're able to share with me. And, you know, as some of them, we we've taken a relationship way past just, you know, me servicing them as a stylist. Some of them, we actually become friends. And so it's it's been a great I love being able to work with women and, and help them. And I'm really anxious to get back to work and can't wait for you know, this pandemic to be over so I can get back to my creative space and see all of my friends and clients at my salon. Oh, that's beautiful. And Rachel, I am so grateful that you have come on here and collaborated with me and shared a very friendly space with me and my listeners. It's so wonderful listening to you talk about your transitional journey. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited to share. I hope that, um, you know, this conversation has helped provide some insight and I hope that it's able to encourage anyone um, that may be in transition or going through a divorce. And, um, you know, I aspire to inspire and I'm just grateful to speak to your guests and share my journey with, with everyone. Thank you. And one last thing before I go, I always like to ask my guests if they could leave the show with a few words of wisdom and also any contact information for people looking to connect with you, be it on their journey of transition from a relationship or divorce or even wanting to transition into the natural hair community. 
Okay, so you can find me. My website is rachelobeauty.com. Just a little correction. You mentioned that I live in the Hyde Park area. I actually don't live in a Hyde Park area. I work in a Hyde Park area. Um, So if you're interested in becoming a client of mine, you can definitely go to my website and you can find out where I'm working at in Hyde Park. And... Um, on social media, I'm at Rachel O Beauty. That's all platforms: YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all the same. Let's see if I could leave people with one thing. Uh, I think it's probably just quite simply, just keep going. Mm. Just keep going. Yeah, just keep going. Don't give up on yourself. Um, cultivate. Try to cultivate some spiritual practices. Um, you know, really spend some time thinking about some of the suggestions that I gave in the beginning, such as therapy. And um, yeah, just keep going. Don't give up on yourself and just know that we're all a work in progress and, you know, just got to take it one day at a time. Awesome. So Flower Tribe, make sure you heed those words. Just keep going no matter what space of the transition you are in. And all of Rachel's contact information will be listed in the show notes so you can connect to her, whether you are trying to work on transitioning your hair, you have beauty needs, or you're just looking for another woman to connect with to help you continue your journey to keep on going. But until next time, make sure you continue to bloom into your best self and we'll catch you on a future Wednesday. Bye for now. One Sun, Three Flowers is a one-stop shop for the entire family. Our mother-daughter clothing brand promotes self-care, unity, and wellness for the entire tribe through apparel. We created the One Sun, Three Flowers shop a few years ago when we challenged ourselves to create clothing that promoted self-care, self-love, and wellness and help you connect to your highest self and your tribe. Head to the one sun, three flowers.com shop and save 20% when you use the code podcast 2020. That's O-N-E-S-U-N, the number three, flowers.com and save when you use the code. Enjoy Flower Tribe. Thanks for listening to the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast. Check out show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.onesun3flowers.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We want to connect with your tribe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And remember to bloom into your best self.